0: Hello, hello. This is Brooke Devard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Thank you guys for coming back for another week, another great beauty conversation. Today I'm speaking to Helen Revi, who is the founder of Acton Acre, an incredible hair care line. And we really get into like scalp health, hair health. I really like talking about hair and I realize I don't have people that are experts in the hair care space on here often. So I was super excited to talk to her and hear more about. Her backstory, how she went from being a hairstylist backstage at fashion shows all over, you know, New York, Paris, London, Milan to starting her own brand. She's also from Northern Ireland. So it was really cool to kind of hear about her experience growing up there. And it's just a great conversation. As I am preparing to go on summer vacation, I am back in my protective styling. I will be doing my braids again, but it's so important to take care of your scalp, even if you are doing a protective style. I use their scalp serum. It's so good. And it makes my scalp feel just very clean. I've just realized that hair care extends so much beyond just taking care of, you know, the dead hair follicles. and, And we get into that. And if you're looking for clips from this episode, you can definitely check out Naked Beauty Planet. I will have videos from my conversation from Helen if you want a visual too. If you guys have any beauty questions for me, I will do the research. Email me at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com and I will answer them aloud on this show. And yeah, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. New episodes every Monday. We have so many good episodes coming out. I'm just excited for everything happening in Naked Beauty this summer. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Helen at Acton Acre. Okay. I am joined by Helen of Acton Acre. You are the founder of Acton Acre um, with your husband,
1: right? Yes, correct. Yes. My husband is CEO. And uh, we have another business partner as well. He's a founder and she is in marketing and branding, Rachel online.
0: Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I love the brand. I'm so excited to be talking to you and to be talking to you about all things scalp health, hair health, beauty. But first, I'm really curious to hear from you what your relationship was to beauty growing up. Helen, you grew up in Northern Ireland, which is very different from the way that I grew up. So I'm wondering what your relationship was to beauty growing up. And you know, was hair care something important to you growing up and just kind of your early impressions of beauty?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, Northern Ireland, it it is such a beautiful country, but we're definitely not known for um, our beauty routines. (laughs) So growing up in Northern Ireland, like, I think my point of view was coming really from my mom and um, who, you know, I'd often sit and watch her put hot rollers in her hair. She would style her hair. She was always very into her hair. It was really her point of pride, you know, and whether she couldn't, you know, afford new outfits or, you know, a lot of beauty routine or sorry, beauty products. Um, she really just took such pride in her hair and it was beautiful to watch. I think that really stuck with me. Um, especially when I moved off to, you know, America to work in fashion and more sophisticated beauty world. And you have all these different kind of like glamorous beauty things uh, around you that, you know, I really understood uh, how the simplicity of hair um, can really be that center.
0: Yes. I think if your hair looks good and your skin is clear, then you feel amazing. I didn't realize you worked in fashion. Where did you work?
1: Well, when I say fashion, I still did hair, but in the fashion world, meaning like I left the salon work in about 2013, 2012, and moved to New York and started styling hair at fashion week and for editorial and various different celebrity clients.
0: Love it. Yes. I know Alicia Keys was one of your clients, right?
1: Yes, she was.
0: That's amazing. So way before you, know, you were doing the celebrities and you were doing fashion week, how did you first start becoming a
1: hairstylist? Okay. So I actually went a very different route and started... Uh, I did a degree in business and finance. So I did that with my... Um, I actually met my husband on the first day of college. So 20, almost 20 years ago.
0: And wow. And now you guys have Acton Acre together, which is and like... I have
1: acting Acre together. It's crazy.
0: Incredible.
1: I know. And so the reason why... like, I went to college because I think being first generation, we had the opportunity to. My parents didn't have an opportunity to go to college. So I was thinking, okay, I have to really, you know, make this a uh, work. And I think we're all grew up in that era of sex and City. And I just wanted to go to New York and work in marketing or work in some kind of area like that, but slowly realized that that wasn't for me and something that was previously just a hobby. I think my eyes were just opened up so much uh, when I left home and went to college and, you you know, we're in front of a, a lot of different kind of outlets and different people and, understood that there was this whole other world of beauty that I didn't even know existed. And so what my, you know, initial thought of hairdressing was, he did some granny blow dries in a salon on the weekend. Now I turned into, wow, you can do Hair at Fashion Week. You can do these competitions. You can get very creative with this. And yeah, it became less of a hobby and something that, you know, I wanted to do every day
0: it's interesting that you say it's a hobby because I do think it's like a, a skill and some would even argue it's like a talent that you're born with because I trust me, I watch YouTube videos. I try to follow step-by-step step how to do these hairstyles and it just doesn't come out right. And I notice even when I like get my hair done, like there's a certain way that like the scissors are held and there's like a certain, there's just like such a science. It's like art and science, right? Like, do you feel like you were naturally good at it, even though it was just a hobby at first?
1: Definitely. And I, I don't like to say that about myself, but <laughs> I was cutting hair, coloring hair, styling hair. I was doing wedding hair before I even like properly trained. So I was doing that for years while I was in college. And it was like very soon after finishing college that I went to the office in London and, you know, properly trained to become a hairstylist. But yeah, it's like even people ask, was it in your family? Was your mom a hairstylist? Nobody was, but my mom was really good at hair as well. People used to queue up, I think, on a Saturday and she worked like, in this factory where she met my dad and the queue up to get the bee house done. This is like back in the 60s. I love and it. And she was just always really good at hair. She'd always braid my hair going to school. Like I, I just had really nice hair all the time because she actually just made the effort and, you know, really understood how my hair worked and just paid a lot of attention to it, which is really nice. So then, you know, you didn't have to use a lot of stuff in it either because uh, she was just giving me that extra... TLC, you know?
0: Yes. And I'm sure you see this all the time as a stylist, but like just the way that like a good color, a good cut, or even just styling can transform someone's mood. Like I'm sure you see it in your chair, you know, when you were working with people, it can make such a difference.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the best part of our jobs is having someone come in with a vision in mind. And this is where the artistry comes into it. I believe because you can teach as much, you know, technically but at the end of the day, not everyone looks the same. Not everyone has the same hair uh, color, same hair texture. And so that's when you become the artist and you visualize and you, it's really bringing that vision to life. I've always called myself a visual hairstylist rather than a technical one, because it really is how you finish that off. You can technically cut something, but at the end of the day, you have to take into consideration so many things. And that's the part that I feel like I really enjoy is that finishing off of, the hair and revealing to you know your client and just seeing their face and them feeling so good about themselves like I could, that's why I want to do this every day.
0: Yes, well, you mentioned that one of your tipping points was doing Alicia Keys' hair for a Girl on Fire. So, how did that opportunity come about?
1: And um, so, I'd actually came through my agent um, in New York at the time. I was assisting a few of their artists, and I got a call one day and. My agent said to me, would you like to um, possibly go and do Alicia Keys' hair for um, a trial to go on tour with her? And I was like, sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, OK, because it's almost like I had a second career because I worked in a salon until I was 30 and then moved to New York. So I took this big leap to come to New York at that age and worked so, so hard the whole, you know, this whole 10 years in the salon. And just having that moment, I was just like, wow. This is like, it's all been worth it just for this one moment. And so I went to her house. I did the trial and um, a couple of hours later, my agent called me and said, yes, they would like to book you and you're going on tour next week.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm not like surprised that you got it because one, I know you're very skilled, but also I feel like Alicia Keys is the kind of person that really feeds off of energy and like she has such a positive energy and likes other positive energies around her. So I feel like it was probably also like a, an aura test as well
1: you just give me goosebumps that's so true and she actually did say that to me we had an incredible you know time on on set and you know I, I always start with a head massage and you know moving that energy Um, and something that not everybody does but I kind of pride myself on that being one of my kind of. it's not just get in there and do the hair it's like how do we make this more enjoyable for you as well and um, yeah it's and actually what what she didn't realize was at the time, and I told her this later, Colum took me to my first ever concert back in 2001 to see Alicia Gates when we first started dating. So it was actually one of my first concerts that I ever went to. And uh, that song came out that first year. Bali. Bali. Yeah. That was kind of our song <laughs> and stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where I feel like the universe brought us together.
0: I absolutely love that. And it's so interesting that you did her hair because I remember when we were, we talked, it was maybe over a year ago, but Acton Acre, I was so excited to try the products. And I was like, when I see a lot of these products that are marketed to everyone, I kind of assume that it doesn't work on textured hair, on like my hair type. And then knowing that you worked with Alicia Keys, I was like, oh, wow. So you must know about different text, you know, hair type textures. Now your hair type seems quite straight. I'm assuming I've seen you do your like wave tutorials. So,
1: (laughs) but. Typical Irish fine hair, <laughs> you know. But 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 as a
0: stylist, you know, do you feel like most stylists like learn about how to do all different hair textures, or do you think that's something unique that you've been able to hone over time?
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's up to the individual. Um, like growing up in Ireland, there's not a lot of textures at all. Um, but actually, my aunt is Nigerian, so I used to sit and watch her braid my cousin's hair and just see the the beauty behind like that effort that she put into it and how, you know, much love that they put into the hair. And I was just like watching in awe of her doing my cousin's hair. And I'm just like, this is amazing. So when I decided to become a hairstylist, I didn't want to train first in Ireland because I really wanted to go where there was every texture possible. So London and Sassoon was definitely the best option for me. And so, yeah, it really was like, and even a fashion week, I'm grabbing the people that, I don't know enough about the hair to learn more. It's like I'm bringing in those kind of clients to, you know, I just always want to be better at everything. I always want to understand it properly. And I think that it's a disservice to yourself not to understand that type of hair as well. And so when it came to developing Acton that's the one thing that, you know, resonated with me. And also when developing the product, I was like, this is about scalp health everybody needs to take care of their scalp so it doesn't matter what type of hair texture you have the importance is scalp health and working with you know models with different textured hair and what I've seen across the board was that everybody has scalp issues and you know it really just all came into play whenever we were developing this and being around scalp health and then yes we can then start to differentiate the different hair types and secret but in development right now is a lot of a, different a, products for different hair concerns as well.
0: Oh, very exciting. Well, I think I'm clear on what the white space was, right? There weren't a lot of brands focusing on scalp health. But what was what was kind of your moment where you thought, okay, I'm... Doing a great job as a celebrity hairstylist, you you know you had amazing clients. You were on a roll. What made you think, okay, I'm going to use my you know business and finance background, um, work with my husband, and, and and create a brand? Like what what was that point where you thought, okay, I'm going to actually develop a product and put it out into the market?
1: Well, it actually happened through like doing one of my fashion shows. So I was leading a show at Paris Fashion Week, and. It was Ralph and Russo Couture.
0: Oh, very fancy.
1: Yeah, it was. I think it was my first ever show. And so leading myself, I've always done it with Sam McKnight and the various different artists. But this was the first major kind of moment for me, where I was leading a team of 30 hairstylists and we had 50 models. And so um, I remember my husband, I flew over, called him. To surprise me, thinking that you know this would be great being there to support her. <laughs> You're right. And I'm like, please don't be around me. I need to like just to be alone doing this hair. But uh, you know, you are doing a lot of kind of testing stuff a couple of days before with the looks and the hair. And um, I remember coming home to him I it's a little stressed. It's like, oh, the hair's not performing right. He's like, What do you mean? And I said, It's not taking a curl, it's not doing anything. And so what happens is they've been on the road. For a whole month, so they started in London. Our models, North, London, yeah, yeah, Milan, and now Paris is the last one. They've had like days and days of untamed products put on their hair,
0: hairspray, everything, hairspray,
1: gel, oil. Then that again and again and again. So their scalps are very raw, but also the buildup of products stops the hair from performing very well. So you've got so many silicones from the different oils and gels and hairsprays, and also they're staying in hotels or Airbnb's, and they're not using good shampoo or good products. And so they're showing up to the show and the hair's just dead looking. And so I said this to him and he's like, what? That's a real thing? I never even thought of that. <laughs> and I think the mix, he says it was the combination of seeing me backstage lead a team of 30 people and be part of the creative direction and, you know, working out the look. That he was like, oh, I thought you'd just cut hair, but obviously you don't. <laughs> so he came back to New York a few days later and he phoned me and i never forget I'd actually flown to London afterwards to do a shoot and he phoned me and he said all right that's it I'm leaving my job and we're starting a brand
0: oh my god I love it I love it it's like such a great story about the origin of the brand but also like such a great part of your love story with your husband I think it's great so so where does the name Axan Acre come from
1: so when we were thinking of the name, a, a lot of the time, you know, I'm sure you speak to other founders as well. There's a lot of different names that come up first. And so we thought of something Irish and like, no, I don't want it to sound Irish, but I want it to be cool, minimalistic um, and just really embody that kind of moment of being in the shower, that ritual, that being, that moment that you have just for you. And so that's where the act comes in, taking that action. And You know, there can be many different reasons for that. And then the acre is really from land and nature and the ingredients that.
0: Love that. Love that. Well, let's talk about the ingredients. Acton Acre is famously cold pressed, right? And I have learned so much from listening to you talk about why cold pressed is better, but I would love for you to educate the audience a little bit about what makes that kind of method unique in terms of hair care products.
1: Yeah, of course. And. Um, so co process method is similar to like your co-pressed juice. And that was very popular at the time. And when we started on this journey, we were able to ask, like we would never done this before. So we were able to ask silly questions to a lot of people. So like, how do you make shampoo? Um, and they would explain the manufacturing process and how everything's heated in a bath up to like 190 degrees. So and this is done multiple times. So you imagine when you're putting your water and your oils and all the other you know beautiful active ingredients into it you're heating everything up so a lot of that's is disintegrated or the nutrients are lost during that process similar to eating raw and eating you know overcooked food you're losing a lot of that and a lot of these oils evaporate off at a certain temperature as well so we're we so,
0: with- so sorry Helen I just want to pause for a second because this is like revelatory to me so unless A shampoo or conditioner product specifically says that the ingredients are cold pressed. They're being heated to an extremely high temperature.
1: Exactly. And we own the patent. So we are the only people that do this. And we discovered this. Yeah. Wow. I know it's like, I want everyone to do this.
0: Yes. I mean, and it's amazing because you'll read like a, a bottle and it will say, okay, it has avocado oil in it and it has all of these beautiful oils. Um, and then it's essentially being like, I don't know, put into a microwave and turned up, you know, to, to cook for an hour.
1: That's not good. No, it's insane. It's like every every single beauty and hair product on the market use these methods, which is insane and that nobody talks about it, but it's something that, you know, we as a brand really want to push So not only like sustainability with your product, but also how can we make effective products with the earth in mind? So we use also like when you're heating the product up, that uses a lot of energy. So with this hyperbaric chamber, cold air and pressure, that's how the oil infuses into the other mixture in the water. We use, I think it's 90% less energy during this process.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I also read that you have wind farm partnerships, but I'm not quite sure how that works.
1: Yes, we are carbon committed and we're also working towards a number of uh, certifications, which is very exciting as well.
0: That's great. So I want to talk about the products a little bit. So I've used your cleanse, which is like your shampoo product, um, your conditioner, the hair mask. I am absolutely obsessed with. And like, I just need to know what's in that hair mask because my curls were popping. My hair felt so soft. And then the thing that I'm using now, because I'm doing a protective style is I think it's called a scalp serum. It has that like small little nozzle. The Yes. I love that. I love that. And I feel like my scalp feels so good. So maybe let's start with the hair mask just because I'm obsessed. Like what is in that hair mask and why is it so good?
1: So what makes the hair mask a little bit different is the, well, first off we have castor oil in it, which we know is incredibly hydrating, beautiful, beautiful oils. And we do have a little bit of glycerin in it. So let me explain glycerin to you. So with natural textured hair and a kind of like even my textured hair, when you go into like, any kind of humidity, glycerin draws in a little bit of moisture. Okay. So when you're looking for it, it shouldn't be too high up on the list, it should be just low enough just to draw in enough. Cause if you think of a plant, it needs water to grow and to be hydrated and say hydrated. So hair always needs a tiny bit of moisture. So just enough that it doesn't frizz and expand, but just that, that amount that allows the moisture just to be drawn into the hair and lock that in. And it's also a replacement for silicone. And what silicone does is it actually coats the hair like a plastic. And so it stops the moisture from coming in. So it feels amazing straight away. But when that builds up on the hair over time, because it's very hard to wash out, it's not water soluble, a lot of them. Then you basically are, you know, just protecting the hair from the outside, but it's also stopping it from getting hydration.
0: Right. It's like a barrier. It's so interesting because I think a lot of conditioners, especially in detanglers, use silicones because it has that nice slip, right? It feels great in the hair, but long term, it's not good for your hair. What are other ingredients that we should be looking out for that are just like a no for healthy hair?
1: A lot of it, you'll see like ingredients on a list where there's none of this, none of that. But you're like, why would you even use that in hair care anyway? <laughs> But um, depending on the hair type again, so, you know, I would say if you're looking for a particular style, I would go for a little bit more glycerin in something, but also like aloe vera is amazing for like the the roots and for the scalp. But if there's too much aloe vera in something, it actually dry washes the hair as well. So it's understanding certain ingredients, especially for curly texture as well. It's like a whole other world. Um, so you need to have more oils, not too many butters. and You know, there's different kind of uh, ratios of things for wavy texture hair and then curly hair and then coily hair. So it's understanding which one works for which hair, which I'm now getting into re- like so much because I'm so passionate about creating products for all the different hair types. And so I've learned so much in this uh, particular development um, process. And then when it comes to like scalp treatments, it's just ensuring that you don't have comedogenic oils. Like coconut oil is not the greatest for your scalp unless it's the clears, is it centrifuged um, coconut oil, various things like that. But yeah, those are the main ones. Obviously sulfates and um, silicones are bad, but not all of them are extremely bad. And it depends on how high up they are in the label. If it's very high up in the label, I would say no to it. But if there's a small amount, it's okay. We don't use silicones because we set out with that in mind Um, because we want to ensure that your locks are detoxed.
0: (laughs) Yes. You know, we talked, I think it was like about a month and a half ago and you told me this fact that I've like not been able to get out of my mind. I was telling you how... I, for a very long time, did the absolute most with my hair. I was doing like long overnight deep conditioning sessions, just like pampering it so much. And now that I'm a mom, I just like don't have as much time. But you were saying like that actually pays off. And that when you look at someone's hair, you can see like, you know, through like the length of their hair, when they've like really cared for it, maybe when they've had like a really rough period, and they've neglected it like in the hair. And I just keep thinking about that. That's so interesting.
1: I know. And what's even crazier about that is you could tell that, some point in your life just by looking at your hair from root to tip and say for example i wasn't feeling very well in this month and i didn't eat very well and i was treating my body wrong then the hair actually would be weaker at that state and that's when a lot of people can have breakage as well like during covid we know you know a lot of people lost hair during stress so that's another issue that's happened but like hydrating yourself nutrients vitamins how you're treating your scalp, because when the hair grows, like the, the most important stage of your hair growth is at that birth stage. So the antigen uh, stage where it's coming through the scalp and the scalp needs to be clean because if you look at it under a microscope, there's usually a lot of buildup of sebum and dead skin. And if you're not cleaning that properly, if you're leaving it too long or not using the right products, and um, then that hair doesn't have the best environment to grow. And it's not getting the nutrients properly. And so it will make the hair slow down its growth and also lead to like the hair thinning or various different uh, things going wrong with it.
0: So what are the most common scalp issues that you see? And also from what I understand, you're also studying, like what's the study of scalp called? There's like a specific word.
1: I'm a trichologist.
0: Trichologist. Yes. So what are like the most common scalp issues that people deal with? I know dandruff is like probably the the main one, but... What are the others?
1: Yeah, and actually, um, a lot of people are confused by what dandruff is. So, dandruff, usually think it's over oily scalp, but it's actually um, overproduction of skin cells. So, it's poor circulation and it speeds up the shedding of the skin. So, you'll find um, like just cleaning the scalp, massaging it, and washing it more often is really good. You'd have work dermatitis, which is similar enough, but it's more that yellowy, scaly, or it gets a little bit gross, so it does. <laughs>
0: No, I'm, I'm like very familiar with this because when Mavi was born, he had cradle cap, which is like a very common thing for babies. And I was just like Googling, like, why is like his skin peeling? So like, I feel like I like saw Google images of seboric, seboric dermatitis yeah. and I'm like familiar with yes. right? myself.
1: Overproduction of oil and the dead skin cells at the same time that build up on the scalp. And, you know, you need to be very gentle with it, but you also need to cleanse it more often. We've actually had customers use the detox on their babies which they said has just completely got ridden of this cradle cap. You know, some of the messages we get, we don't advertise as that because, you know, we don't have any um, yeah, petty, so uh, drugs 80s, in it. Yeah. But um, just even just for dandruff, psoriasis, isoboric dermatitis, any of these kind of scalp issues, our detox has been working incredibly well with.
0: I love that. And it's so interesting because I do feel like the hair care conversation, one, everyone wants like longer hair. A lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people want to grow their hair as long as it can possibly go. And they want strong hair and they want healthy hair. And I feel like a lot of the conversation I hear is people focus on the ends of your hair, like, oh, treat the ends really well. The ends are like very fragile, but it sounds like maybe the scalp is more important than even the ends.
1: Yes. You are speaking my language right (laughs) now. This is what I've been shouting from the rooftops, I think, for the last two years. And that you know, this is dead protein. That's all it is. And yeah, you can make it appear better. You can make it look better. You can help style it better. But at the end of the day, it does come down to your nutrition and how clean your scalp is for that birth stage of your hair.
0: Yeah. What are some like good foods that we should be eating or like just supplements that we should be ingesting to make sure our, and it's, it's, it sounds so shallow to be like, so our hair looks good. Like it's for our whole body, but with a view to improve your hair health, what should you be thinking about?
1: And I don't think it is shallow at all. It's kind of, it's really important to people. And if you look back in cultures as well, it's there, it's a huge part of identity True. and yes, doctors do not recognize it as, you know, something important to us. So that's why the trichologist is amazing because they bridge the gap between your hairstylist and your dermatologist um, because dermatologists, you know, will prescribe you know, antibiotics for these issues, but the doctor will just not be interested at all. They'd be like, yeah, whatever, only your hair. But really what they don't realize is that, well, I'm sure they do. I don't mean to say that about doctors, but <laughs> a lot of the time, you know, your hair issues are down to something that's going on internally in your body. Totally. And so nutrition is so important. So really you need the right amount of protein, however you get that, and then biotin as well. Biotin is so important at the right amounts as well um, because it breaks down the protein into amino acids, which pushes it out through your hair. And then iron is another one that's really important. When you're low in iron, you can lose a lot of hair and you know, you need vitamin C for that absorption as well. These are all things that I had to learn myself because I lost my hair last year through COVID, like actually from having the illness. And three, and usually you lose your hair th- between three and six months after a stressful event or an illness or having a baby as well, which can happen. And so you, you're you not you know pinpointing it to that thing that happens three months ago, but you just think, oh, it's something that happened now. And then it takes another like three months for it to start growing back again. But at that moment, I remember just, I was traumatized and I'm like, oh my God, my hair is falling out. Why is this happening? Went to the doctor, got my done, and it was down to mineral deficiency, which COVID does is it depletes your minerals. Right. And um, so I started on an iron supplement straight away. And then we actually just by chance were developing our hair vitamins. But I had never, re- like I'd started to get into the whole nutrition side of it through my trichology course. And, you know, started to really read into it. So when this happened, I kind of knew what was going on. And so just a supplement and making sure I was doing my weekly detox and treating the scalp well. A lot of stimulation for the scalp as well. Mm,
0: Like head scalp massages.
1: Scalp massage, my favorite thing to do. I know. It's so good. And there's so many pinpoints or pressure points in your scalp to help. Like, move energy, or just like, um, there's lots of lymph nodes. So, you know, lymphatic drainage is off.
0: Yes. Even better when someone does it for you, I think. That's like the best part of going to get your hair done when they like wash and condition your hair and you get a little scalp massage. Sometimes I ask my husband to do it for me, but it's like never, it's never quite long enough. It's never quite how I want it.
1: (laughs) Well, you have to, when I come back to New York, you have to come into our space. Start a mini salon and get the whole experience. Yeah, get my my world famous in head inside. Oh,
0: I'm so excited! And from what I understand, at your salon, you have a scalp camera, right? That basically shows your clients what's going on on their scalp, like before and after they use the products. What have you found from like documenting it, that like up close, like
1: that? Oh, yes! Everyone is freaked out straight away. They're like, "Oh wow!" Uh, some people are scared initially, and they're like, "Jump." And then they, oh, my God, I love your drink. <laughs> Sorry. I
0: just, <laughs> Uma, Uma just made this cocktail for me. and Oh, my
1: God, that's amazing. That is just the best way. <laughs> Cheers. So, yes, the scalp camera, everyone is like freaked out at the beginning. And, um, you know, different reactions from different people. I kind of refer to it a little bit like Dr. Pimple Popper. You're either into it or you're not. And most people are really obsessed. So I think I've had one person that freaked out so much. She was like, get it away from me, I can't look at it again. And then other people are like, can I have that camera? And just like go around their head. Um, It's amazing because it really shows you, like if you think there's nothing wrong with your scalp, like your hair is amazing, you don't even have a little bit of dryness coming off. And then I show you your scalp under the camera. It's fascinating because there's dead skin on everybody's scalp. There's buildup on everybody's scalp, doesn't matter who you are. And so, you don't have to have serious scalp issues to start taking care of your scalp.
0: Yes. I'm like going to go wash my hair and do the detox after this because I just like. I want my scalp to be clean. And, you know, for a lot of black women that do protective styles, like they have their hair in braids, or I have crochet braids in right now. What's great about these styles is you can still get to your scalp, right? So it's not like your scalp is covered, which is why I like, like that. You have that very small nozzle on that. Is it called the stem cell scalp?
1: Stem cell patch, yeah. It's
0: yeah. like
1: I said, it's liquid gold. It's like so perfect. So
0: what's in that product?
1: So it's apple stem cell is the main ingredient or the most active ingredient in it. We also have aloe vera as well, but it really is the hero ingredient in it, the apple stem cells.
0: And what is apple stem cell? I don't even know what that is.
1: So it is like obviously not human stem cells. It is stem cells from the Swiss green apple. And what they realized over you know various years of doing testing and learning that the stem cells from the apples on the skin actually regenerate the skin cells. So they help protect and actually rejuvenate the skin from like, you know, environmental damage, from sun damage and just that aging process. And, you know, by accident, we've had a lot of people testing it on their face and on scars and these scars have disappeared.
0: Interesting.
1: And I had like a customer as well, reach out that had a little bit of eczema on her knee. And put it on her knee, and nothing would uh, help us but our apple stem cell. Um, and we also have another friend that has ordered like ten bottles because so she's like just wants to be it. And basically, she's it.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating. This this next nice question is like a very hard question for you, because I know like every product is like your favorite product. But for someone that's just like wanting to try something from Act and Acre, like if they if they only buy two things, where would you suggest they start? Alpha detox. Okay scalp detox and then what would be like the second thing
1: and the cleanse would be the second one because it's just like to me when I pour the cleanse out it is a little thicker than most cleanses and you know add water but it's just that moment of having that in my hand it just feels so luxurious and I think the two of them were like really designed for any type of scalp hair type and that's what's so beautiful about it and I feel like my my newborns my two my two babies that I started acting agree with obviously the conditioner but conditioners have been done a you know it's not a new thing on the market but for me the scalp detox is definitely somewhere to start doesn't matter what type of hair you have doesn't matter if you have any scalp conditions this is a really good weekly treatment
0: that's great and what benefits do people see in their hair once they kind of focus on detoxing their scalp and taking care of their scalp like what can you expect to see in terms of the way your hair looks
1: So similar to, you know, if you'd exfoliate your face or hydrate your face, put a mask on, you know, your makeup goes on better. So I feel like my hair just performs better. But also it's not such an instant result either. It is instantly on your scalp and that, you know, I remember the first time using it walking outside and it was kind of a chilly day and I was like, oh, I can feel my scalp, you know? And like before I hadn't, there must have been such buildup on it. Um, But it's just that sensation of feeling like you're in a spa and hydrated, your scalp feels relaxed, you feel relaxed. And even the oils that are in it are there to like help, you know, soothe the body, soothe the mind. And it really is one of my favorite products.
0: That's great. Well, I have to tap into your experience doing hair for all of these years. What are some of like the biggest mistakes people make with their hair? I feel like some of them must be like, overcoloring or just like not having someone thoughtful color your hair. I've seen a lot of people's hair ruined that way. And then I personally have been a victim of heat damage, putting too much heat on my hair to the point where the curl doesn't bounce back. What are some like really common hair mistakes that people make?
1: Definitely hate you. You understand that so well. And you know, it was the brand GHD that actually did so much testing behind this. I don't know if you know, it's. Oh, they the make their flat thing. irons. Yeah. yeah. And I remember watching a seminar one time, and this is where I learned a lot of stuff because we would do these sessions you know, in, in the salon. And they showed you, you know, hair beside hair. One was with you know, the hottest temperature and the other was like, say, 180 degrees. So it always stuck in my mind. You can still get the same results with that heat, but you the elasticity of the hair returns. Whereas if you go even just 10, 20 degrees above that, that's when and repetitively that's just going to remove the lipids from the hair. It's going to make the hair become, you know, a uh, really brittle and weak and you lose that elasticity within the hair. But then bleaching is the next one. You have to get it done professionally.
0: Right. You can't do it at home.
1: And it has to be a specialist as well. Cause even, you know, you see a lot of people get it done in the hair salons and you know, it's breaking off and stuff like that. So yeah, avoiding too much chemical processing um, definitely think don't be getting a perm but they haven't seen those around for years
0: (laughs) yeah i mean and once you do damage your hair with like heat damage there's not i mean for me i had to cut it out like there's not much you can do to like revert the hair back
1: there isn't anything you can do you can again as i said make it appear a little bit better but you never get the lipids back you'll never get that strength back because the bonds are broken and there's nothing to heal those bonds and also with um, bleach, like especially in all over, you know, blonde, you need to be very careful. And with straighteners, like um, you know, chemical processing straightening, you can actually burn the scalp, and that's a damage that you can't repair either. And you lose hair through a chemical burn that will not grow back.
0: Wow, that's like so sad, and it happens to so many people. I mean, it's it's sad when it happens, but it's like this is why we talk about the mistakes so people can learn from the mistakes and hopefully not make them themselves.
1: And it's something that, you know, I don't think there is enough training in the salons before you get to do these processes. I think they just come in and, you know, you watch somebody do it once. But yet you would never go to a doctor and have an operation that, you know, had only ever seen this being done once. Um, Like there's just no going back. If you burn your scalp, that's it. So true.
0: And can we also talk about the importance of a great haircut? Because I feel like I've learned over time how like a great haircut just makes everything like work better as well, right?
1: Oh, yes. And especially even just for face shape, understanding what's going to highlight your cheekbones or your eyes or, you know, your jawline. And sometimes like I remember years ago, I wore a fringe because I felt like my forehead was so big.
0: Oh, like bangs. Also, I forget yeah, you guys fringe. fringe. No, no, bangs. Yeah, fringe bangs. But
1: I'll always have something like this, you know, shorter layers around the front, because I think with my face shape, it looks better. But also, I couldn't just have one length haircut. So understanding that, you know, how you style your hair, you want to have a little bit of texture in there. You want to frame the face. You want to have, you know, light, lighter weight, kind of like um, layers within it. But also like sometimes you see that very blunt layer cut, it's, um, like just really becoming that artist, like I said before, and cutting the hair the way you feel it would look the best on your client.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I would encourage people to find a good stylist in your area and go for it. Like get get a haircut. You think even for me with like my very textured afro, getting it cut, I kind of have like a, it's like shorter in the back and like longer on top and it works so well. And before I got it cut, I was always just trying to like bobby pin it and coax it into all these different styles. And it's just like a great cut can like unlock so much.
1: Oh yeah, completely. I've seen people like completely transform their whole look and become different people as well, because they were just like, wow, this is who I'm meant to be or what I'm meant to look like and it can be life-changing for people as well. I know that again, we're saying it's quite superficial, but it is real to people. And I, I think I really understand that And when you get a bad haircut and it actually can be very depressing as well.
0: Oh my God. It can, I mean, it can really bring you down. Like, when you leave the salon and you're like not happy with what they've done, it's just like the worst feeling. Sorry, you were saying you've had a bad...
1: I know. Not not that it was a bad haircut. It just wasn't the, the right style for me. You know, working in the salon, obviously you want to try very different looks out. And this is just too out there for me. It was too futuristic. It looked <laughs> like a mushroom at one point. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean it's it's hard but then it's also like you want to try new things so there's always that balance yeah
1: it's actually like it's boring sometimes you know yeah but no I, I love I love
0: how you do your hair and I love your hair tutorials I especially appreciate the tutorials you've done around just like braiding your hair at night that's like damp with like you know and getting these heatless waves I think that's so great because so many people are unnecessarily putting heat on their hair
1: do my hair never used to perform that way but once I started you know using our products obviously um but the no silicone the no sulfates and allowing my hair to completely detox and adding no product for a long time almost like when you start on your skincare routine right just giving it that time and um, not putting heat on it and you do go through a period of time like a good like six months of not loving your hair and it's hard to tell people like just stick with it it's going to work out and Then like, I remember having a beautiful texture as a child and it just got ruined as I got older because I had so much heat and processing and allowing it to go back to its natural state. And you can train your hair almost to like work a, a certain way as well. And you have gone through a similar thing where you let your hair go natural as well. And it does take time. But once you do, it starts to like have that memory again and the new hair growing just has a whole new life.
0: Absolutely. Well, I have to talk to you a little bit about skincare makeup faves because like your brows are great. Your skin is great. I'm loving this like rosy eyeshadow that you've got your blush. Like, I feel like you have great taste. So I want to hear what are your favorite skincare and makeup products?
1: I know. And I think I learned a lot of my kind of tips just being on set watching makeup artists. And like we had to do hair that looked like it wasn't done and makeup to look like it wasn't done as well, like so natural. Um, and just watching them and how they like almost paint the face like a little bit of color here to the purple light, and yeah just something like really simple and focusing on the skin rather than you know the makeup and you know big eyes and everything else but actually my eyebrows is kind of like one of those things that I did wrong in the 90s and I waxed them way too much and I'm like I love eyebrows and so I do draw them in a little bit and um, I think it's the cat D or something like that. Right? at bondi It's amazing. Yeah. It's so the colour palette is amazing because I find like a lot of the blondes are very red. I pick up red tones, so I love that. I love Rosemary Swift, RNS uh, Beauty. Her eyeshadows, that's the eyeshadow I have on. It's like a, it's like a cream eyeshadow. I love I those love powders because my skin is so dry, I need lots of moisture. So dewy kind of like makeup. Dewy eyes because otherwise it'll crack and dry up in a couple of hours.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's also just like more like modern and youthful. I feel like I'm moving towards everything being a cream. My blush, my eyeshadow. I love it.
1: Totally. But I get, I go overboard sometimes, put on way too much oil and people are going, are you sweating? (laughs) Like, no, it's just the glow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just dewy. Like you're jealous.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Totally. (laughs) But yeah, no, my routine is just, it is very simple. Like I don't use a huge amount of products. I get sent a lot of products. So I do test a lot, but a lot of it is, you know, I use a polish Choice Salicylic Acid daily for toner. And I love that because my skin is also very sensitive. So if I use anything too stripping, then it just pimples come out and it's too drying for me.
0: Polish Choice makes really great products. I'm so impressed with them.
1: Right. And then I know you love this brand as well. Super good. Um, there's like a tinted, a daily, a skin one that I put under my makeup because it gives me a glow as well.
0: Nice. Yeah. I
1: really love that one. I forget. I think it's the play range Then just tiny bit of like, I actually use Vichy foundation. Okay. Nice. Which was quite expensive, but I have to say it's worth everything. Like it's already lasted me over a year. I don't use a lot. So like I'll, my foundation will last me about two years. And <laughs> do you have a good concealer? It actually comes with a little top that has a concealer on it. Oh wow. Wow. Well it's really good. So it's all in one. So I just travel with that one thing and that's it. I I use I use the same eyeshadow for my cheeks. So like I'll just multipurpose with my father keep it very simple.
0: That's great. So so the same thing you put on your eyes, you put on your cheeks. I love that. I love that. Well, I feel like you've kind of got it figured out with your foundation and concealer, but if you want a really good concealer, especially for dry skin, the Kosas revealer concealer, I like recommend to everyone. It's like so incredible. Acting's so
1: amazing, right? incredible.
0: yeah, it's just like the formulas are really good. And, and the founder, she, she came on the podcast and she explained it all to me. Cause I was like, I love it. It works great. And she's like, it's also an eye cream. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it's like skincare as well as makeup. So.
1: I love that. And your skin is always so glowing as well
0: you. I mean, we talked a little bit about like you experiencing COVID and hair loss, but how do you think this pandemic has shifted the way that you think about beauty and approach beauty?
1: Um, I think it gave us all a lot more time to be online, right? Yeah, true. (laughs) So we're all more interested and seeing what other people are doing. I think it's a mixture of people creating more videos. So there's more education out there. And I think brands had a big push during this time and People were really sitting at home going, well, I don't need to work so much makeup. So take care of my skin here right now. Let's give it a breather. Yeah. And, you know, scalp care as well. Like it was something that just hit during COVID where people started to really understand it. Or at least go, I know I need to take care of my scalp. I might not know completely why, but I know I need to do it. So I think the consumer definitely, you know, is more interested in educating themselves. They do look to their influencer peers and, you know, trust them and they're watching their beauty routines. And I think they all want to be a part of that. And for me, myself as well, it's just I was in more of a routine because pre-COVID, I was flying around the world, doing shows, shoots, working, like getting up 4 a.m., call times, all that. Where this is the first time, I think, in my entire career that I have like a normal, like wake up at seven and I'm able to do my routine I never had a wow.
0: You wake up at seven voluntarily.
1: I just wake up naturally. Now, when I was in before, I wouldn't wake up until like if I had a day off, it would be like 10 a.m. I can't even do that anymore. And I used to go, oh, How do people do that? But my body clock just changed. Wow, and um, it just means I'm more hydrated, I'm looking after what I'm eating more, I'm exercising more. Like, it just really did you know, help me kind of like have a much better routine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I thought I hated routines before, but actually during this time, I absolutely love it.
0: Yes. And I, and I, I'm happy that we're kind of coming back. Like you were just in New York, you know, New York is very much alive and people are out and about, but I also, I'm happy that we're back, but I hope we don't just go back to the way that it was. Cause I personally feel like I was just really too busy. Like I was doing too many things and there's something nice about like, I don't know, preserving some of that energy for yourself. Don't you think?
1: 100 percent and actually being in New York reminded me like how busy it can actually get and you're pulled and stretched each way and you're like I'm getting anxious I need to leave here even though I have to say and my husband always says this to me I need to be around people I love being around people but again it's like slowing that down like not 10 meetings a day and pushing it out over a couple of week period instead.
0: Absolutely. You've mentioned working at fashion shows and you've worked with Sam McKnight, who's like legendary. Have you ever come across Pat McGrath? I'm only asking because I'm obsessed with her.
1: Yes, uh, multiple times. So I worked with uh, other artists as well, but yeah, Pat McGrath. And actually I've worked with a lot of her makeup artists from her team. So we'd all all be backstage together and the hair and makeup would have to, you know, be put on two people putting on makeup at the same time as three people doing hair because you're like five minutes before the show. So you had to learn to work together really fast. And then, you know, I worked with a lot of the artists afterwards as well, but I've actually worked for her brand a couple of times too, doing some hair for editorial too. But she is amazing.
0: Yeah. And, and she's also the perfect example of a makeup artist who really knew her stuff, right? And was doing all the makeup for the shows and then says, you know what, I'm going to create my own brand. So you guys have a lot in common. <laughs>
1: And just a master at her talent as well. I know that anybody that worked on her team knew how to do every skin tone because you would have artists that didn't know how to do that. And she would come up and go, it's Ashi, take it off, take it off. <laughs> um, and just how she, like, she was the mom, she was the mothership. But like, that's who she was. And she would go, kids, kids on set. And these are her children, like she talked to. But she was so giving of her time and like, It wasn't like, oh, you got it wrong. I could hear her, like, speak to them with empathy and, you know, really teach them how to do hair. Same way as Sam McKnight would never go, you're wrong. He would just be like, come on, I'll show you how to do it or watch me and I'll show you how to do it. Like, it's just their style of teaching is amazing. They're they're real true mentors. So they are.
0: Yes. Yes. That's amazing. It seems like you've kind of had like a dream career and now you're, you know, running your own brand on your own terms and you work with such a great team, like your husband, Rachel, who I know as well. You must feel just like really great about everything you get to do and put out into the world.
1: I'm so blessed. Like I really do feel that way, even though it's so hard and, you know, everyone that goes through this, understand. I mean, everybody has difficulties in life. There's so many ups and downs and it is a roller coaster. And sometimes I'm like, why did I do this? (laughs) Um, But no, it's definitely so worth it. And I often say to myself, would you do it again? And absolutely, yeah, I would do it again. And if I would do it again, then I'm on the right path.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, my final question that I ask all of my guests is, when do you feel most beautiful?
1: Definitely whenever I have drank enough water had enough sleep, ate well, done a bit of yoga. (laughs) And uh, like, I really got into like breath work and meditation this year. And so for me, it's not just like, I feel like I look better on the outside when I feel better inside. And I think this year really kind of made me value that and realize that. And I do go through weeks of not training myself so well. So when I get back on track and do that, I am feeling the best ever. I nearly think you need to go off a little bit just to, to feel that good again, you know?
0: That's so true. That's so true. Well, i love talking to you. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. I have a link to where everyone can get acquainted with Acton Acre. If they don't know about Acton Acre already, I know a lot of my listeners already do, but it's just been such a pleasure talking to you and learning from you.
1: It's always such a pleasure speaking to you, Brooke. And thank you for being a game changer and really making a difference in this industry.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Wasn't she just phenomenal? I feel like I learned so much in that episode. I love the guests that I get to learn from. I love all of my guests, but I love when I get to learn new things and incorporate them into my beauty routine. I'm definitely going to start looking into supplements. I feel like I was really good about taking supplements when I was pregnant and my hair and nails grew so much. And now I'm not taking as many supplements and it really does make a big difference so that's definitely something that I'm going to revisit and yeah, just continue, continue just really like washing my hair well. Um, you know, I think for a lot of women that go natural, we are really swayed away from washing our hair often. Like... I can think back to times when I wouldn't wash my hair that often I would co-wash, just wash with conditioner. And my hair never really felt that clean. And also it meant that the products, the styling products that I was putting on didn't take as well. So I definitely, when I'm wearing my natural hair, do wash it more often. I'm not, I'm definitely not shampooing every single week, but I do think it's important to cleanse your hair regularly, make sure it's conditioned. And I love that hair mask that I mentioned from ActinAker. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week.